This week on the Glass Cannon Podcast, the heroes return home. I actually put up a mission accomplished banner behind me, like George W. Bush. <laughs> after the- <laughs> Baron's wearing a bomber jacket. <laughs> but victory comes at a price. What happened to him? You're telling me it's because of me. Well, I want to know how to fix it. Now they face an even greater threat. If this storm tyrant, Volstice, is gathering an army of giants, we are all doomed. And a violent new ally might be their only hope. The man's a killer. You need a killer. And let's be honest, we're all killers these days. The adventure continues now. everybody and welcome to episode 71 of the glass cannon podcast it's me skid the artist formerly known as galabras i want to say that i was really touched this week by the outpouring of emotion from people impacted by the events of last week's episode the cards letters emails phone calls from people i hadn't heard from in years including michael dukakis very touching particularly thank you very much sir um I uh, I didn't know what to expect, and I don't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect this week either, and hopefully you won't see what's coming either. Uh, I do want to say that the Cannon Fodder Trivia Contest has ended, and a winner will be announced soon. So, very exciting. But right now, let's embark on the first episode of Book 3 of the Giant Slayer Adventure Path, Episode 71, That Was Then, This Is True Now. Well, 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 here we are back again. Two books down, four to go, and then I never have to hang out with you losers again. (laughs) Hey, Troy, can I ask a question? You may. Matt, uh, a question from the back? Uh, Yes, thank you. Um, The small man (laughs) in the back? (laughs) Was that small in integrity or... (laughs) Yeah, don't think I don't listen to Cannon Fire and listen to y'all call me a cheating fuck, by the way. The small man with his hands down his pants? Yeah. You have a question? It's for warmth. <laughs> I was just going to ask if you have on your like on your, your headboard in your bedroom, do you keep a, like a, a tally mark? you like notching every time you kill one of us? Well, I have so many notches up there, I forget who's who. <laughs> oh. <sighs> Starting strong. Um... You know, when we finished book one last time, we did a, a whole episode that was pretty much a retrospective. Uh, we talked about Galarian history, uh, the Nerds. geopolitical landscape of Galarian and everything. And then towards the end is when you guys went to the keelboat and we got a little taste, a little a little touch of uh, what book two was really going to be about. And that's where we met Ben Vareed was that episode, that right. first episode. I don't think it was named until the uh, the, the following the episode. Following, yeah. uh, I don't want to do that this time because, you know, with Cannon Fodder now, it kind of that does that for us uh, to a certain extent. But I would like to just kind of open today by, you know, just reflecting a little bit on book, book two in the sense of like how, well, I'll just start, like how did... How it all turned out, from the keelboat to the Vault of Thorns to Red Lake Fort, how did everything differ from your expectations? And anyone can answer. 
uh, <clears throat> I'll say that I thought that there would be more ship-to-ship combat uh, on the ship. I thought that the swamp would be filled with undead <laughs> creatures. I thought that the vault would be filled with undead like druids and stuff like that. So it was yeah, just you completely took, different. You took undead as your second favorite enemy. Yeah, you <laughs> have yet to run into any That undead, was a massive but... mistake. Yeah. So uh, I'm begging you to just make up undead and put him in book three, please. Uh, and... Yeah, the fort yeah, obviously was completely cleric. different than what I thought it was. You know, it's just with her breaking down and losing the whole her whole leadership grasp on the army and everything. And um, and I certainly expected the whatever organization was happening, this union of giants and orcs, to be the thing of right. the adventure path, not like one small mission of one useless giant. Right. In the grand scheme of things. So it's very uh, disconcerting. I will say that I was depressed at the end of last episode. I think I I went home sad. I was sad. (laughs) Like we finished the book. We beat it, quote unquote. And I was just sad. You guys said that at the end of last episode. You're like, I had no idea I'd feel this sad at the end of book two. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I will say for my part that every single thing that happened in book two, moment to moment, played out exactly how I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you tell us about Gormley? I t- well, I didn't want to ruin everything for everybody. You know? It is known that Skid does read all the adventure paths in advance. Uh, it gives him... Elsewise, yeah. how would he know Malira I mean, was down in that hole? Yeah, that's why. Or that there was a treasure trove underneath that the orcs were seeking underneath through now. Yeah, I mean, that's how I knew. <laughs> <laughs> it's way... Uh, you're way more effective as a player if you read the adventure path before yeah. you come in. Are you play. guys not reading it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why. You know, they sell it. It's out there. <laughs> yeah, like you can get a PDF for like t- ten bucks or something on Taizo. <laughs> I don't understand why am I the only one doing the homework? Here? <laughs> Skip, we all know your dedication. Pulling the weight knows no bounds. Uh, what about you, Grant? Anything uh, different from your expectation? Um, in terms of like intrigue and whatnot, this one had a lot of double crosses. I really liked and they were always I right, always, I always knew huge. well and then on the boat Malira coming back and yeah, Malira, we, Iwiga, and then the general in the end so there really was a lot of double crosses I, yeah. I always knew another one was coming but I wasn't sure where I thought like maybe Fabian Blix was gonna turn into the demon that was actually doing everything as soon as we destroyed the bones but <laughs> right you know what I mean so um, I am Tom and Various. <laughs> rips off his mask, <laughs> his ghost mask. Uh, and now uh, it's obviously with the events of last episode, uh, Skid has had to deal with this most recently. But Matthew, you were the first one to deal with the loss of a character. Um, but I would, I would venture to say that uh, you're really enjoying Della. So, do you miss Gormley? I miss Gormley. I mean, I will say I was surprised because as the as it was my first adventure path, you know, with a with a fun character to play, I thought you might have not wanted to kill her so early. Um, but other than that, yeah, no, it I am really... It was 50 episodes in. It was 50 episodes. No, I, <laughs> it's pretty far. It's pretty deep. I mean, I one of the reasons I went Magus is I really do like playing the casters. I like having like the, the ability to be like, okay, I'm going to look at the spell. Change how the can, reality. How can I use the spell yeah, to right, have like right. a fun like way to mess things up for the, for the DM? But... Uh, but I, that's one of the reasons I went. Megas was like, "Well, I want to do that, but I also want to like get in some fights." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, that's the beauty of the Megas. <laughs> you definitely didn't do that as Gormley. Never. You didn't really get into the fight. <laughs> he did every time. Every single time, <laughs> with no armor. Let me rephrase. 
get into the fight and then not run away immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and now, before we jump into uh, you know the next chapter, if you will, I think it'll be interesting for me to ask you this question, and then we can reflect again. Uh, you know, forty episodes from now, if uh, however long it takes. What are your expectations for the next part? You know that you have a treasure map to a dwarven uh, tomb, the tomb of Nargrim Steelhand. You know you've got another map of something beyond there to this area known as Minderhall's Valley that is supposedly uh, an area where an army of giants is gathering. So you have kind of a sense of what's coming up, but you know the writers of these books and I uh, can throw totally different things at you. What are your expectations for what this is going to be like? I'm I'm I have no idea. I have no clue what's going to happen. Yeah, you really I, don't cuz you have I, no character. No, right. <laughs> I know. I don't even know who my character is. I, I although I am like I, I mean it's, it's on the surface it sounds like it may play out very similarly to like Vault of Thorns because you know that we're going to another like kind of rescue a cache of weapons, you know. But obviously it will play out in a completely different way than Vault of Thorns did. Um and Minerhall's Valley like who knows like what that is. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine, I, I'm just sort of imagining uh, off the top of my head, like, uh, trekking through the mountains. Like, that's kind of what I picture right now. Like, I imagine uh, Lork and the team just sort of, like, like ranging through the mountains, camping, you know, like, rations, going for weeks without seeing people, uh, as opposed to, like, but I didn't expect the keelboat thing to be such a, you know, a big intimate part of it. And I guess when I say the four of us, I forget that uh, the, the dwarves are coming as well, I, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, their their end game, as far as you know, is, is finding uh, Nargum's tomb. The Steel giant killer's tomb. tomb, yeah. So, like, yeah, I just imagine sort of a Fellowship of the Ring kind of thing where we're setting out uh, from Trunau, I would imagine, at some point, and ranging into the mountains. Right. Did I happen to mention what Lork's favorite terrain is? Uh, Mountains. I was going to say, knowing you, you probably chose swamps. <laughs> swamps and undead. <laughs> I like making it hard on myself. Oh, man. Uh, well, yeah, that's, uh, that's it. Uh, one thing I uh, neglected to mention because there was just such a somber mood in the room and I wanted to continue along with that, but and it's going to sound like I'm uh, fudging numbers here, but were it not for Galabras's ultimate sacrifice, you would have not had enough XP to level up, but he did wipe out enough orcs for you to gain seventh level. Yay! All right. Bachelor party. <laughs> so uh, as we do, it's been a while. You guys didn't level up since Gormley's funeral. Oh, wow. All wow. of Red Lake Fort happened, uh, and now you guys are leveling up. Uh, obviously, right at the beginning of book three, it's... We it's have built that way. We have to give the gods blood sacrifice, blood tribute, in order to level up, apparently. <laughs> right. Just bleed into the, the sands. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, all the multi-classes you guys took. Uh, Skid, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you out of this discussion because... Uh, I actually, I don't even know why you're here. Uh, but, uh, we just, just, we felt bad. I felt bad. But let's just, uh, let's go around the room. And uh, Matthew, Matthew, what, uh, what is going on with Della at seventh level? Della? Multiclassed. What? Shut the front door. You son of a bag of hammers. Ask me why. Um, Don't know. Because Troy Troy forced me to. All right. (laughs) Forced is a strong word. He took me in the back room and said he would do terrible things to me. (laughs) His look of surprise was very convincing. (laughs) I'll make you another notch on my bedpost. (laughs) 
Wait a minute. <laughs> Gormley, Della, and then Matthew. <laughs> that could mean a lot of things. Uh, so you multi-classed. Uh, what class did Della take for seventh level? Della took a level in Bard. Uh, oh, I love it! Wow. Well, she is a dancer. She is a dancer. She has spoken of her dancing abilities. Uh, okay, talk to me about this. So there are like meta reasons, meta gaming reasons, and then there are in-game reasons. The meta gaming reason was that we needed, without a cleric, we were going to need someone who could do a little healing. And bards have cure light wounds on their on their spell list, right. so I could use the, I could use wands, that kind of stuff. Uh, in-game, I was thinking that between uh, watching Galabras just be like have his mind taken from him mm-hmm. and then in the combat where where the this Della, the Della crit and the elemental basically like ripped through the space-time continuum oh, to come in to so finish awesome. the battle I think she's actually she was a little kind of afraid of her power mm-hmm. that she's that she's reached and so now, not unlike her father in that vision not like her father in that vision mm-hmm. uh yeah and obviously he is the her I mean to go a little bit into her, her father is the wh- he was the one who trained her in the ways of magic and combat and, and that, dancing and well, I think that I think that came naturally. If you First step seen like it. this. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so I think also I think you know since we've gotten back to true now, Della has been spending time in Galabras's new house, you know, studying and trying to connect with him in a way that would make sense to him. So she's trying to like learn the good ways of, of the magic, not just the ways of hurting things. Right. So you assume you're already back in true now, and we're oh, not going to start outside oh, the gates. Gosh. <laughs> It's a bold, bold choice, man. Fine. On the way back to True Now, <laughs> she was just dancing in the in the woods. Yeah. Uh, cool. And you know, Bard, we, we've we've talked about it before. I know you don't use social media, Matthew, but uh, a lot of our fans were like begging for a Bard, and so you you gave it to him. Yes. Um, I and, do, I listen to the fans. And so you have Bardic performance, which allows you to dance, and it gives a buff to the party. Exactly. Right? Yeah, I can I can do a couple of th- couple of things, but the big one is inspire courage. Yes. So as by, when I start dancing, you all get plus one to all relevant stats. And, and what's the rule nice. on that? We actually have a dancing bard in our other campaign. Mm-hmm. Do we have to see them? I know you yes. typically... You, we have to be able to see yes. them. If so, so the next time Baron is blind, he doesn't get a plus one. Exactly. <laughs> that yeah. Yeah. Correct, yes. Yeah, like if you're singing, if you're bardic, usually it's singing. But if you're a singing bard, then you have to be able to hear it. If it's, you know... Uh, Oratory, whatever. If it's slam hear. poetry. Yeah, right. be able to yeah. hear it. <laughs> Almost went slam True poetry. True now. True now. How now? True now. <laughs> the, the other thing, being a bard, gives. <laughs> Keep your orcs off my walls. Catapult. Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the other thing we lost with 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 Gale going to, losing all of his intelligence is the ability to have a more wide range of knowledge checks. And ah. bards get bardic knowledge, so bards can roll at first level can roll any knowledge check untrained. That is enormous. Yeah, that is so, so cool. helpful. Without a wizard in the party who devotes a ton of skill points to all of the knowledges, you can't. That's the only skill I think that you can't roll untrained for the most part. And so being able to do that as a bard is. And great. I like it too, like in story sense for your character because it represents, it reflects your kind of voracious, uh, like hunt for knowledge that right. you to learn about this to world, to learn about everything. Yeah, it's just like I. Like you're spending all of your time just like learning all this. Asking stuff. people, talking to people, yeah, asking, yeah. Yeah, asking the orcs on the the half orcs on the boat so where they, they came from, what their lives have been like, all that stuff. Yeah, religion, all that. So now right. she has a survey knowledge of a little bit of everything. And now Baron, so you would be six levels of gunslinger, one level of rogue. What is that one rogue level? <laughs> <going to be? laughs> Curious, classic. Um, 
You know, uh, because I'm not as small as our friend over here, I'm too large for Troy to beat up into making me. He is a large man. <laughs> can't can't make me multi-class. I had to take one more, and the reason why I'm planning a multi-classing level eight. So oh, get ready in whoa. 40 episodes if I live. Um, but uh, I finally get to play the class more like what I had imagined it as, and we got a taste of that with the utility shots where I could scoot an un- unattended object. Right. But like when you it, tried to move the dress. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's been pretty fucking lame so far. But um, I actually get a deed called targeting, where I can take a full round action to target the arms, head, legs, torso, or wings of an enemy. And oh. the, uh, the torso basically keens my weapon to where it crits on 19 to 20. Uh, wings force animals to make fly checks. So wait, your gun is now going to crit 19 to 20? If I spend a grip point and take a full round action. I don't even know why we're playing anymore. legs if I shoot their legs it uh, makes the person get knocked prone Uh, normal damage head normal damage and confused for one round oh wow and arms even if it's a weapon hold no damage on arms and even if the weapon is hold with both hands they drop it that is so fun wow so you're you're sacrificing damage for these things when they take the damage as well all the damage is there too mostly well, except for arms. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you... You should start supplying all your enemies with locked gauntlets to keep their weapons in their hands, <laughs> Note to self. Note to self. Locked gauntlets? I've never even heard of that. Um, the other thing um, I get was a first uh, level deed, which is another way to spend grit, uh, which allows me to resolve against touch AC outside of my first range increment. Hmm. I had to spend grit again, so it's another... I only have three points, so it's another do I, don't I. Um... It's Fine. great because I made sure all the enemies in book three have uh, 20 touch AC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, They're all giant rogues. Right. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say I made sure that all my enemies are, will constantly be standing 25 feet away from me. <laughs> <laughs> they all have an immediate action teleport. <laughs> Moving away. Um, well, that's pretty cool. That's definitely going to make things more interesting uh, for Baron. Shooting specific body parts and areas. Um, what about Lork? Lork the uh, the cursed, Lork who uh, Lork the cursed champion of single combat failed him. He failed his god. Not quite sure. Yeah, everyone around him dies. What did he choose? Um, Oracle. <laughs> now Lork uh, took another level of ranger. I'm just trying to uh, imagining going into these mountains. I I just couldn't imagine him doing anything else than sticking with the ranger path. Um, and it's not really that interesting. Uh, for rangers that I think they get uh, I can't remember it off the top of my head it is uh, woodland stride so useless um, I can move through any underbrush uh, difficult terrain normally which would have been amazing in the vault of thorns and is now oh, useless yeah. so uh, why weren't you seventh level in the vault of thorns <laughs> that would have been so much better yeah exactly uh, but one thing I do get which is cool because of my archetype is a new hunter's trick uh, oh. So I took Vengeance Strike. A ranger can use this trick as an immediate action when an, when an enemy adjacent to him hits an ally with a melee or ranged attack. The ranger can make a single melee attack at his highest base attack bonus against the creature who attacked his ally. Wow. wow. So Lork is trying to stop people from dying. He's <laughs> trying to stop his allies from dying. So I thought that was a cool trick. Vengeance Strike. Much immediate like- action. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's so funny how you're just like Anakin Skywalker in the prequels. That's what led him down the dark path. 
I don't acknowledge references to that movie. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> all right, so you have leveled up. Um, oh, wait, I have a quick question for Lork. Yes. So it just didn't make sense from a character motivation level to stray out of your uh, your current trajectory long ranger, or you see something cool on the horizon at level eight, or... Uh, yeah, I see something cool coming for Barry Connick Jr. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. So I have to keep taking ranger levels for him to continue to get his abilities, and he's uh, not quite there yet, but he will be soon. Cool. So, so does Barry level up every time Lorik levels up? Yep. And what happens if you were to multi-class, would Barry just not get a level? He would stop leveling, yeah. Uh, uh, there are feats that allow you to use any character level for your companion, but they're expensive. But like, like a, They take a lot of work to get. Know, the difference between a druid and a ranger, and he said before, is druids animal companions level are the same exact level as them. You get them at first level, and they level up with you. Whereas the ranger, your animal companion is always three levels behind, or two yeah, levels Yeah, because behind. you don't get them until fourth level. Mm. So, But yeah, cool things on the horizon for Barry. After he dies. God damn it. <laughs> and then Galabras can summon him back. Oh wait, no, Galabras is <clears> too. <throat> uh, and since this is the start of book three, we're going to be implementing the new house rule. All right. That's right. That's we, right. We've already mentioned what it is, but just to remind you, uh, it's really going to affect Lork and uh, Baron the most, I think. But anytime you miss a ranged attack into melee, you roll a D100 as well. If you roll a 1 to 10, you're going to hit your ally. If there are multiple allies, I'll roll to see which one you hit. If you fumble on the ranged attack, it increases to a 20% chance that you hit your ally and you fumble. You still fumble. And then to make things just horrible enough. Horrifying enough. If you ever miss and roll a 1 on the D100, you crit your ally. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Is that uh, only if you fumble or just if you miss and roll a one? Just if you miss. Just if you miss and oh. roll a one. <laughs> so gonna, be careful. So I'm just going to stay out of melee. Del's going to stay out of melee, period. A exactly. one in 100 chance. And I cannot wait for the moment when Baron blows out the back of Lork's head. <laughs> <laughs> Who did that? Oh, man. Or you know what could very well happen in our game? It's going to be Lork accidentally kills Barry Connick Jr. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. It's almost happened yeah. before. Like arrow through the brain. Right. Well, he, he has precise strike, though, so he's not taking any penalty on those attacks into melee. So. But you're rolling. You're right. You're right. <laughs> oh, my God. And how much I fumble? One to 20. But, oh but let's be God. let's be honest, though, Troy. Barry Connick Jr. is never going to be in melee combat with an enemy. That's true. <laughs> Barry, stay. Barry, stay. Out of combat. Barry, stay. stay. <laughs> Don't be interesting. Stay. Stay. That's a, that's a trick I have. Be useless. It's called mundane exceptional ability. <laughs> now, don't, now, uh, Joe, you, um, on, in the trip back, you would have been able to teach Barry another trick, um, assuming you, you rolled high enough. Um, do you want to do that roll and teach him the trick? Uh, yes, I certainly do. Um, and then we're going to jump right in. And I'm actually just doing a, uh, I'm taking cum, which he actually didn't have. Like Ben Vereen had it before, but if you remember, I had taken uh, guard, um, stay, and attack. Yeah, he definitely but knows stay. He definitely knows stay, but now he doesn't know cum. So, uh, and the interesting thing is all my handle animal checks previously had been with Gel's bit of luck. And uh, ah. to, to, to learn the new trick. Now, I'm very confident now. Just grab Gel's limp hand and slap yourself on the back. <laughs> my, my handle animal is high enough now that uh, I will, and come is an easy enough trick that I will guarantee to get it unless I roll a natural one. That's the only thing that will not oh, get so it. Well, let's just move on. You're not going to get it. Zero <laughs> percent chance of uh, that happening. Here it goes. Nine. Got oh, it. All right. <laughs> all right. So. All right. So he knows come now. Barry so. can come on command. 
I, I was I was like I was waiting, waiting for that. I was thinking during the training montage that Frankie goes to Hollywood's Relax started playing. Relax, don't do it when you want to come to it. Relax when you want to come. Works in like a sweat outfit. Like, just come on, come on, boom, come on, Barry. He's got a headband on. Yeah. <laughs> My own companion like potatoes. If you want this, come. Uh, all right, so flashback to this imaginary reality we've created. You guys said your goodbyes to Rag and Howrex and the crew. Shog, who's now brotherless. Maybe you'll start something up with Howrex. They do look the same. Yeah. She's another difference, although her and Rag were getting at it. Anyways, you... You can hear in the distance the sounds of the town being rebuilt. Tong, 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 after the siege of Trunau. And as you get maybe within 200 feet of the main gates, um, a, someone walks in on a hardwood floor. <laughs> According to Simon's game, yeah, that was that was an extremely loud sound effect. Uh, I had people walking, and it was like <laughs> on a creaky dirt road. <laughs> I thought someone, I thought someone walked into your apartment, was invisible, and was going to kill us. Like your your, your look of confusion was so honest. I was like, what happened? It's, it's, it's Malira. Three horses come galloping out of the main gates directly at you. Bows at the ready. Whoa. On two of them. They stop. The uh, two guards dismount, bows aimed on you guys. The third figure in the back, hooded, dismounts as well. Slowly walks towards you. Makes a really fast motion, tumbles to the ground, leaps up. Hey, fellas, welcome back! Hey! hey. It's Tom! <laughs> Whips the hood back. <laughs> hey, guys! We sent out scouts, I heard you were nearby. Welcome back to Journal! Tom, I never thought I'd be so happy to see you. <laughs> Sorry for the scare, I thought it'd be funny. Hey, where's your friends? Nobody died, right? <laughs> we did lose Gormley, Tom. She fell in the Vault of Thorns. Bummer! <laughs> I never really knew her, but she seemed like a good friend. Looks like you found a little girl. What's your name? You like cars? You old enough to drive? <laughs> so he leans over to Baron. He's like, "What is going on?" <laughs> Baron says, "Don't buy the Cutlass Supreme. Whatever you do." Yeah, Lork turns. He's just like, "Don't buy anything." <laughs> I'm not buying anything. <laughs> Are you sure? Because I have got a deal for anyone new to Junat. For a small price of two, 300 gold. I can get you a bed in the Ramble House. First timer? Uh, so he's like, yeah, we, we sent us some scouts. We heard you guys were coming. Uh, I'll let the whole uh, crew know. I'm sure we'll want to have a meeting to find out everything that went down at Red Lake Fort. But uh, in the meantime, welcome home. Thanks, Tom. It's good to be back. Hops on his horse. Gobs away with the two archers, and the, ar the archers are looking at you like, "I'm sorry, he asked us to do this. <laughs> he, he gave us a gold piece. He thought this would be funny. I, I thought it was very dangerous." <laughs> and they just walk away. I know, like, what if Lork shot one of them? Like, he pulls out a bow. <laughs> he just kept saying, "It'll be great. It'll be great. Don't worry." Uh, and here you are walking 
through the gates of Trunau. In the distance, you can see the uh, the barter stones where Lork flew through the air. Yeah. <laughs> with the greatest of ease. <laughs> uh, you know, you see the, the cave area where you guys went down to Uskroth's tomb has been all sealed over. Um, there aren't bodies everywhere like there were as you were leaving Trunau. Remember you left Trunau in, like, twilight? because you didn't want a big fanfare. Yeah. Um, and there was just the stench of death and piles of bodies of orcs. You know, they've all been presumably burnt. Uh, and then the, the the dead of, you know, the citizens of Chernow have been buried and services have been had and whatnot. So it seems like the city is, it's 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 on the mend. It's, it's, it's not quite business as usual, but you see, you know, people are working, fixing their houses uh, and whatnot. And, uh, you, after all this time, are back in Trunau. Tom has told you that he's going to go let the uh, Council of Defenders know that you're back. I'm sure they'll want to speak with you. I know you'll want to speak with them. And L- Lork is going to tell Tom that he wants the sanctuary to be prepared to take Galabras, that we're bringing in Galabras, and he's hurt. Okay. Um... So I would think that's probably the first thing you want to do, unless mm. there's something else you want to do. It's up to you guys. Let me know. Uh, no, I mean, I want to take him there first, and, yeah. then, and then I want to go home, at least for a little. Right. Drop my stuff off and make sure my house is okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Some wild teens had a, broke in, had a party. One yeah, day. exactly. Kegger. Uh, Gormley already searched the, searched the house for gold. Solo so cups everywhere. Um, all right, so you go to... Man, it just, just thinking about this story-wise, you're going back to the sanctuary. This was Gel's sanctuary, literally, from his former life. He came here and offered his services to the town, mm-hmm. uh, and now you're bringing his, you know, body. Yeah, so it's kind of, I imagine it like on a cart, basically. Like, yeah, you know, Rag helped you. They had Walking stuff, it through town. They had stretchers there that they could fashion for you, so you were able to carry him back. And you also have uh, Umlo and uh, Ingrahild with you as well. Androsia. Androsia. So you guys get to the sanctuary, and uh, sure enough, there is High Priestess Tayari Varvedos. She's going to shake us down. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I'm sure we can watch Galabras for, for a small, a small donation. <laughs> and I'd have to go back and listen, but I think she is one of two people played by Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> she is. She right. is. Wait, yeah, Catherine Zeta-Jones from different movies. Right. Yeah, one I, was uh, High Fidelity Catherine I think Zeta-Jones. she's High Fidelity Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah, I like her better. And there's somebody at the council... That is entrapment. 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 Yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> right. Uh, the counselor and banker, Lessie Crumpkin, is played by Entrapped Zeta-Jones. Okay. <laughs> We're so stupid. <laughs> uh, okay, so you bring him in. Androsia is kind of wide-eyed and whatnot. Tyre Barbados is there. That guy, uh, Brantos Calderon, is there as well. Do you remember him? The he paladin, was, right? Yeah, the paladin. Useless. Just leans against the wall. Yep. Doesn't clean up anything. That's his job. Yeah. yeah. He's there. He's protection. He's the muscle. Right. Even sanctuaries need muscle. Um, and Kertresver eventually makes his presence known. Yeah. Um, Androsia sees Kertresver. And I'm sure you guys have told them, like, Told, I think you told Drojo when you met her, like, we know a seer. Or maybe yeah. you just talked among yourselves. We so. did, I think we did. I, I think we did. Or may, oh, maybe not. You have two half-orc oracles. Um, and 
uh, Drosha goes off to speak with him um, and just talk about Oracle stuff. <laughs> so, did you see anything good lately? <laughs> just Oracle things. Lottery numbers for tomorrow are... <laughs> and Tyeri uh, goes to Galabras and... Uh, you know, says a prayer over the body. We explain, you know, what happened. And right. Everything. And, and he's, you know, his eyes, this is what's so creepy. His eyes are open. And she says, uh, let's, let's just all uh, say a prayer for a moment. And she lays her hands on him. And she says, he has been inflicted with feeble mind. Mm. It is a, very, very powerful spell. He could, in truth, follow you around and defend you feebly with no intelligence and no uh, charisma. <laughs> charisma. 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 He wouldn't be very likable. No, you, he would just, he would be very ornery and feeble. <laughs> but it would take a spell from a cleric wizard or someone much more powerful than anyone I have ever met. And Catrezra nods. Yes, it would. I don't know how he talks, but I can't remember. It's like, yes, it would. Uh, I, in, in all my years, I've never met someone that could remove a spell of that high. A DC. Level. <laughs> higher level. Um, and they would all know Brander, too, because he came to Trunau. Right, right, yeah, so, so you guys explain all that as well as, ah, it makes sense. Yeah. If in the time he spent after Galabras... That guy did seem like a dick. He, <laughs> he was rather dickish. <laughs> if in the time after he left Galabras here, he most likely only grew more power powerful in his solitude. So I can only imagine uh, the strength of this. But he will be safe here. Um, may I... Uh, look at the body more carefully. Aye, we'd like you to examine him, and if there's nothing to be done, then we're going to need someone to look after him, because he's alive, and if we can find a way to bring him back, if we can find someone that powerful, we will. And this is where Drosia comes up, she's like, I have told them that I will watch this boy, this man, uh, I will keep vigil over him if Trunau will have me. She does owe him. Yeah. And Tyre says, this is a matter to be discussed with the council, but it is my understanding that he has a home here, and it has been completed. It is built. After I look at him, uh, perhaps uh, we could move him back there, and if the council approves it, Droja, you may watch over him in vigil. She starts, like, very gently looking through his uh, person, and uh, she finds in his breast pocket of his cloak uh, a paper, and uh, she reads it. But in movie speak, you hear the voice of Galabras. Uh, and it's actually sealed with wax, and she breaks the seal. And it says, on the front, it says, to be read in the event of my death, dismemberment, or mental enfeeblement. Wow. Galabras is so wise. Covered all the bases. <laughs> <laughs> if the seal has been broken on this letter, I have fallen and am gone. But do not weep for me, for I have been blessed with the bravest and finest friends any man has ever known. 
I would ask what wealth I have be divided among the company as they best see fit, with the following exceptions. I bequeath to Baron my mule-back cords. The burden will be heavier on you now, my friend, and I hope they will help you to bear it. To Della I leave my star knife and my holy texts. I have known you but a short while, yet your grace and cleverness have been a constant inspiration to me. May you use them both to spread the love of Desna on your travels. To Lork I entrust the hammer and the armor of Uskroth. You alone possess the strength of character, the will and the unshakable sense of honor it will require to safely wield these mighty artifacts in the face of the danger you are sure to face. I feel they are the key to all of this. Guard them well, my friend. I know you will. Finally, I would ask that my silver holy symbol be delivered to Sir Calrian Blix. Though our time together was all too fleeting, I found myself quite taken by her beauty and devotion to her cause. Please tell her I hoped very much I would see her again, and I am sorry that I will not. Go with the dreamer, my comrades. Know that I will always be with you. Tear. Holy shit. I kind of want to cry. I know. It's so sad. It's so sad. Alongside that letter, there is another sealed letter saying to be delivered to Shandley Finstock, Merchant's Quarter, Absalom. Ooh. Oh. Whoa. Shandley Finstock, Merchant's Quarter, Absalom. I got to remember to write that down. That's, uh, <laughs> that's very interesting. Uh, and Skid, you get a bottle cap for maybe a new character that you oh, bring. Oh, so, uh, all right. Or I could just give it to Gary. You could put it with the other one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's good. You get a bottle cap. Uh, you know, if you play in other games with me, you can use it. Oh, great. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, you can definitely leave now. <laughs> Unless you want to. Th- thanks for reading that, dude. Right. I mean, you can hang out if you want to hear what happens at the council. Uh, no, I'll just listen. Later. <laughs> uh, okay, so you hear this. Lork is bequeathed Uskar's armor. Obviously, the hammer has been taken by right, Brander. Right. Um, That's awesome. Exciting, but it's also like it's a little nerve wracking because it isn't really what I had in mind. <laughs> you know, like I kind of wanted the star knife personally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really wanted the star knife. <laughs> no, it's just you know, from a mechanic standpoint, you can't. You're just much less effective with a bow with that kind of armor. But he did, so, but he, he has mean, this huge sword. He didn't mean for you to wear it. He yeah, just I can't, meant can't even you wear have it. To just yet. keep it safe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna have to take a level in fighter one of these days. Not unlike Gal. Yeah. In order to wear it effectively, and uh, you get the mule book back, back cords, Baron. Which uh, obviously, if you're going to start hauling dwarven treasure out of a tomb, that's going to come in handy. Uh, and then you got a star knife and some books. Della also took the headband of alluring charisma that we took from Pappy when Just she raided the corpse. No, she got, I, I, no, long time ago. Long time ago. I was actually going to like do a scene where I washed his face and removed the band and handed it to Della solemnly, <laughs> but she's such a greedy little sleight of hand. <laughs> sleight of hand as you're washing like, yeah. his face. I'm Puts confiscating it in his this. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, I mean, yeah, makes sense. Uh, Okay, so, uh, Lork, you said you want to go home. Uh, Baron, what are you going to Grab a drink? Grab a drink. Grab a drink. And Della, I just kind of walk around town? No, you... I think Della will go grab a drink with Baron. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Let me see an ID there, miss. <laughs> <laughs> she, fl- she turns her scimitar on fire. This enough for you? Yeah, come on in. Please put that up. <laughs> uh, and I, uh, I will pay for all of uh, 
All of Umlo's drinks. Who's still... Has he grown back a beard at all? Uh, it's starting to come back in. He kind of shaved it off, so it's going to come back in right. evenly. So <laughs> right. he looks uh, Didn't strange. Didn't have a beard trimmer. Uh, did we cast Umlo? I realized... I don't think I ever... We never did. ...cast Umlo. Uh, and I wrote it down and forgot. Jeremy Renner. Umlo is played by Jeremy Renner. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, Umlo and Ingrid they look at Baron and they're like, dude, do you mind if we come along? We, yeah. we love drinking. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> We're all dwarves here. No honor among dwarves. And... Uh, Ingrid's like, I, I don't know if you have quarters here, but I really need to clean up. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Lork also offers to anyone that wants to stay with him, like to both the dwarves, to stay with him, you know, to okay. stay at his place. Well, you're going straight home. You're exhausted. You're going straight home. They're yeah. going to the killing I'll, grounds, which is... No, I got uh, it, but I'm saying before we left, he said, right. if you want to stumble back drunk to my place, you're more I, than welcome. You're going to let everybody crash there yeah. if they want, yeah. Uh, you're not yeah, going if, back to the ramble. Well, well I'm, off, I'm offering it, yeah. Right. Who's There's taking, also uh, Dell's house. Who's taking the race car bed? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Delicate uh, fit. Uh, <laughs> Uh, all right, so you guys are all walking together. The, you assume the council meeting will be tomorrow. You're all walking together, and you get outside the killing grounds, and Lork's just kind of like, I'll see you guys later. And he keeps walking into the inner quarter. You see a bunch of horses outside uh, lined up. You, it's a busy night at the killing ground. Um, I'm assuming that you spent the better part of the day at the sanctuary dealing with Gal. So it's, it's early evening. see horses. You see a wolf that's uh, like an armor on it tied up to a post outside of the killing grounds. Um, oh yeah, we have Reggie too. And you have Reggie. So you bring Reggie and you tie her up next to the armored wolf. And uh, then you go in and have some drinks. Do you have any other business that you want to take to? Rabus Clarendon, the uh, guy who you saved uh, from those Yeah, don't you have fighters? free drinks for life yeah. or something? <laughs> that's right. The, the original four like, did. All, he's all like, four. Uh, you get the free drinks. <laughs> Your friends have to pay. <laughs> you remember when I got to the uh, Chellish Devil and I was just like overflowing with, with whiskey? whiskey. <laughs> I want them all right now. So, you know, you're you're talking to them. He's giving you drinks. You're slipping uh, Della some uh, whiskeys under the table. Uh, you cheap bastard. Because you spent all your money on alchemical cartridges. Yep. Uh, so, you know, it's a pretty raucous scene there. You see all manner of people there. And there's a good feeling in the place like, hey, maybe True Now is going to be all right. And I'm sure with your re- uh, emergence back to the town or you're, you're coming back to the town word is spread quickly like the heroes are back they've saved her now but they probably haven't told people oh by the way there's a giant army amassing so all they think <laughs> is like true now is saved I actually put up a mission accomplished banner behind me like George W. Bush <laughs> after the <laughs> Baron's wearing a bomber jacket <laughs> We did it. We did it. No more war. We did it. I, 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 am, I am partially based on him when he owned the Texas Rangers. Just like doing cocaine all the time. Smoking a cigarillo. Uh, so yeah, you guys are getting pretty drunk. And Ingrahill and Umlo are getting trashed. Um, after, after a few drinks, Della gets up on the bar and just starts doing her modern dance. Which now inspires courage among the entire bar. Right, 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 right. They start fighting and everyone's hitting because they're getting that plus one to attack. Uh, if any bar fights break out. Um, meanwhile, Lork, you're walking home and it, you know, you're know you walking through that area where the orc beast tamer came out of the green fog and fought oh, right, you yeah, with yeah. the... Uh, what did she have? Wolves? or I can't remember what the hell she had. Uh, yeah. yeah, wolves. Yeah. No, it was Pomeranians. Yeah. It was Pomeranians. Pomeranians. Right. Beautiful Pomeranians. <laughs> and you're walking through there, Expensive. and you just you keep seeing 
that scene in your head. Because you, now you can see up in the distance the location where Jason was murdered. And you just keep seeing like, of Jason's throat being slit and thrown in the mud and the blood leaking out. You see that as you're walking home. And you hear a voice out of the shadows uh, say, uh, Spare some change! Hey! He looks, he looks over. What does he see? You see this fat, large man just sitting in his own filth. And he's, he's like, got a little cup there. Heffy! Talking to you! <laughs> you got any change? No, I don't. Move along. Oh, shocker! <laughs> Is it Eric Cartman? <laughs> Roll a perception check. 30. Oh, I Even. know. You look at it and you're like, no, I don't. And then you kind of catch a look at his face under the moonlight. And he looks incredibly familiar to you. But you can't quite piece it together. Huh. Maybe you walk towards him? Yeah, yeah. And with a 30, what, perception? 30, yeah. You can see underneath his soiled clothing are what looks like little tiny bones all tied together making like a makeshift armor that wouldn't do oh my god I just got like chills oh wow holy shit it's not gonna get me changed get out of here what's your name my name yeah you and he walks up to him is he of a similar height or is this guy stooped over he looks pretty bad He's, he's like fat and enormous, but like he's so low to the ground and dirty and pathetic. He looks, he seems, he's emotionally small while his body is taking up. You know, he's just like this homeless bum. But he knew if he stood up, he'd probably tower over you. Right. My name, my name is Teslo. (sighs) You got any change? Shit, that's his name. Uh, my God. Uh, fuck. Well, he fucking hates this guy. Um, Explain who it is. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I thought it was pretty obvious. That's yeah, one thing sorry. you could do. <laughs> so, Take a moment. Yeah, so yeah, in time. a couple episodes ago when we started the, the big fight, this was the f- there was a flashback that Lork had to when he was a kid and he got beat up by this bully um, in town who was a really serious bully. He actually, it was rumored that he had killed kids and stuff like that. And he... Uh, and this is, was Lork's last vision before he ran into that fight and then got demolished yet again uh, the, the by bone, the, the Bone Giant. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was his his nickname. Um, the now, source of all your hatred. Yeah, and now forty years later or whatever. And there he is, like he is begging on the streets. On, there's no one else around. Totally empty street. He's just sitting there begging. You can hear the the sounds of most likely people singing to Della's dancing way <laughs> off in the distance, and they're you know walking around. But he's like at the head of an alley, just. Looking at you. What are you looking at? I'm not here to play games. Just get out of here. Um, Lork's just going to walk away. That's right. You better walk away. <sighs> you happy. Yeah, I just like, he's just thinking like I would just walk him down the alley and just slide a fucking hope knife into his 
fucking neck and nobody would know about it. Like American Psycho. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And nobody would care about it. And, but he's thinking, how can I keep expanding this murderer's curse? Like, what if I continue to put my allies at risk and everyone I know and I have this unborn, (laughs) I have this trueborn son out there that like, you know, the the most dangerous thing about me is that I apparently am existing under this curse. So you know what? He's going to go home. He's going to drop his stuff and no rest. He's going to immediately go back to the sanctuary and talk to Droja. Okay. Um, meanwhile, you know, the night's wearing on. I would, I would, is Baron like letting himself go here? Is he really? Not unless he's egged on. Okay. Because uh, Ingrid Hill, I'm like, come on, brother! I, I, I think I'm a little more circumspect after seeing kind of the blood. That, like, I, it's kind of hollow enjoyment. Yeah. It's like how I am at real parties, you know? Just <laughs> drinking to fill a hole <laughs> that will never be filled. Um, so, okay, but they're, they're, they feel... They're, if anything, I think you get a sense of like really closeness with these guys. You're, right. you know, there's not a lot of dwarfs in True Now. I, I have like the number of dwarfs that are in, in True Now. There are literally 20 dwarfs in all of True Now. So the and in the small amount of time that you spent there, you might have saw some of them, but they keep to themselves. Dwarves are a very isolated group of people. You we're, know that. We're gonna do what the half orcs that came into town tried to do and finish the job. We're gonna burn this place to the ground tonight. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> The last image is the uh, Mission Accomplished banner burning. <laughs> <laughs> little little embers floating into space. Yeah. Oh, then it becomes Jurassic Park. It is yeah, falling yeah. slowly to the ground. What a great movie. But this is going to be... I would think, it, you know, whether or not the visions are true or, uh, or not, you know, you feel this... You must feel this sense of displacement. So at least being around other dwarves who are making oh, yeah. you feel loved, you feel like there's a family beyond just this I'm, party of yours which is slowly dying around you, thanks to Lord. I'm thinking about... Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about uh, how, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about the name Nargrimikin. And I've been thinking about being the kin of someone or the, the child of someone and what I was told about not really being a red heart. And I'm thinking about this guy has a tomb built for him, has a crazy map, this, this formidable dwarven warrior. Maybe I can be that one day. Right, like, wouldn't you? You want to feel great. Yeah. You want there to be one day enough people that want to have the name Baron Redheart because you're still a Redheart. Nobody's going to tell you. It would probably be Baronson. Baron Baronson. Yep. Uh, Sounds great. Yeah. My my child would. It rolls off the tongue. Build a tomb to you and bury your gun within it. Right. And I want all my internal organs to be taken out of my nose with a hook like the Egyptians. <laughs> Dude, why stop there? Let's just go for full deity. You can right. have the gun can be your weapon. <laughs> a holy symbol is just a bullet. <laughs> bullet with a butterfly yeah, wings? It could be like Desna and... Yeah. Like uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the name, of, the name of your herald is Umlo. Yeah. <laughs> the, the night is drawing to a close. Um... And you know you've got a big meeting tomorrow in the Ivory Hall. But Lork, you get yourself ready and you go back to talk to Droja. Yeah, he just can't. He's like, I'm not going to be able to sleep. Because he, he's kind of been avoiding it, but he needs to he needs to talk to her now. He needs um, to address this situation. All right, so you, you walk in. Uh, you don't see Tayari. Brantos is there. He nods at you, lets you in. And you go downstairs to where Roderick's body was and where Jason's body was and you see uh, Galabras 
there, and Droja is just peacefully sitting next to her with her head bowed. Any change? She shakes her head now. I want to know about this curse. I want to know how I can be rid of it. I can't continue to expose my allies to this sort of harm. What happened to him? You're telling me it's because of me. Well, I want to know how to fix it. I regret ever reading you in the first place. My visions are often clouded. Please, I, I didn't mean to etch this idea into your brain. Don't give me that runaround! What did you see? If what I say is true and you are cursed, there is only two ways that I can see you removing it. Good. What are they? Redemption. Or your own death. Redemption how? I've tried to save people. I've tried to do the right thing. My whole life I was just struggling to get by and then I met, I met people like him. People that taught me how to do the right, the right thing. And that's what I've been trying to do, isn't that redemption? It's a start. But I cannot tell you, nor can anyone tell you, what the path to redemption is. It's something you will have to figure out on your own. Is it my son? Is that... What about him? Where is he? I do not know. Back... Back where you started your life. Somewhere, perhaps in the Mindspin Mountains. Is he safe? He's alive. I know that. But what his life has become, who he is, I know not. Not unlike you, he grew up fatherless. So who knows? Um, can I do a sense motive, just not to see if she's lying, but to see if she is... Holding uh, back. Yeah, to see if she's holding back, like, worse news or something like that. Mm -hmm. Ooh, 21. Natty, 18. Um, no, no, you, you really feel like she... She really just, it's that vague It's to that, her. like, what she sees are just images. She hears voices. She hears snippets of dialogue, sees images, and they're not always 100%, but that's all she sees. She doesn't see, like, clear answers. Well, I'm just, Lork's just thinking, you know, how is it, how is he going to, how is he going to redeem himself? He saved the town. He, he, he uh, beat all these enemies. He put himself at great risk. He almost died multiple times. Like, I don't know what else she wants from me. Um, well, and she, in the meantime, she while she, she doing doesn't this want stuff, anything from you. This is something only Lork can figure out is what she's telling you. All right. Well, maybe it has something to do with that. But that's what Lork's mindset is. It's like, what, what am I supposed to give to them? I've given them everything. It's not. It's something Lork has to figure out for Lork. Okay. Eventually, you, you go back home. You see Della passed out in a race car bed. <laughs> curled, <laughs> curled her long body into fit into, fit into, fit into it. Her scimitar is on fire, leaning on an, <laughs> leaning on an ashtray. He runs over, <laughs> putting yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Tuck her in. <laughs> leaning on an ashtray. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> stare at the poster of the girl leaning on the car. <laughs> Shake your head and walk out. Uh, Umlo's pissing in one of my bureau drawers. Umlo's <laughs> taking a dump a, in an umbrella holder. This is the toilet, right? <laughs> Ingrid and Umlo are, are, are passed out. Uh, drunk and uh, Baron's just sharpening his gun on a whetstone <laughs> as always <laughs> and Lork is looking around I mean he's looking at them as they're laying there and he's he's imagining like who's gonna be next right who's gonna be next I uh, I walk over to Lork and I say you ever get a chance to open up that just sun ale I made you no I I thought I might be a danger to myself and others if I did. <laughs> Why don't we split it now? Talk about the old times. I appreciate it, Baron, but I I need my rest. I'm sorry, but I'm just not in a jovial mood. And he kind of looks down at his shoes, then looks up and said, All right, brother. Taps him on the arm and walks into where he's sleeping. Lork puts a sh- hand on his shoulder. He says, We'll do it one day. We will. you to drink the ale <laughs> that's, that's Pathfinder <laughs> you guys wake up the next day and start gathering yourselves um, I, I'm sure there's some sort of service not unlike the Ramble House where Umlo and Ingrid can go just clean up so that's what they do pretty early they're not hung over at all um, they just go maybe to the Ramble House rent a shower for a couple hours <laughs> clean up and they I don't think they're invited to the council meeting, uh, per se. Neither is Drozha. You're going to discuss them, and then you're going to tell them what the situation is. They may not be able to come with you if the council says that. Uh, And eventually, you make it to the Ivory Hall. All of Halgra's children, young and old, are running around. You know, she's a bit of a loose goose uh, (laughs) over the years. (laughs) And so she's got... uh, Loose goose. (laughs) She's got a lot of people. And eventually, you make it back into the ivory hall. <laughs> Della is just kind of like, she's like looking around just in awe. And it's beautiful. Like it's, everything is white. Halgra at the end of the table with Silvermane standing behind her, played by Donald Sutherland. Badass. To her right, Jagrin. Mm. Sitting next to Jagrin now, no longer standing. And Jagrin is the patrol leader. Right, patrol, patrol leader. leader. Is that title? boss. The one that made Lork a lieutenant. Paul Giamatti. Played by Paul Giamatti. Father of Roderick and... Cursed. Cursed. Who Cursed. is now sitting beside Jagrin at the table. No longer standing in the shadows behind him. Cursed. Played by Jim Parsons. <laughs> uh, on the other side of the table is Sarah Morninghawk. Played by a bald Serena Williams. <laughs> and her... The whole crew. And her wife, uh, Agrit Stagenstar. The dwarf who I don't know if we've cast. I don't think we ever cast her. And then there is uh, counselor and banker Lessie Crumpkin, played by mm. Catherine Zeta-Jones, <laughs> and Tyre Varvedos, also played by Catherine <laughs> Zeta-Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and then across from them is Tom Exposition. Yes. Hey, everybody! Is uh, What's-his-face there? Noticeably absent is Kesson Plum. I was trying not to say his name. He who must not be named. He yeah. must not be named. You guys walk into the room, and it's Lork, Barry Connick Jr., Baron. Come, Barry. And he comes. And he comes. <laughs> <laughs> and Della. Please, 
have a seat. And there are seats for you now. You don't have to stand at the end of the table. Halgrim says, I'm so sorry to hear of your great loss and your great sacrifice for the people of Trimau, nay, the people of all the hordes of Belksin that have suffered over the years for these orc tribes. No doubt they will rebuild over time. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. But we've we struck them a blow, though. Yes. From what I understand, though, there is a much greater threat to not only Trinau, but all of the human nations bordering the Mindspin Mountains, Last Wall, Molthun, Nidal, Nirmathas, and even Varisha. As far as we are concerned, you owe us nothing. Nothing. But to do what you have done, it seems as if you are the only ones that have the potential to stop this growing threat. If this storm tyrant, Volstice, is gathering an army of giants in some hidden valley deep in the Minespin Mountains, we are all doomed. And frankly, we do not have people with your abilities to take on such a threat. We understand that you have taken on some people to replace, although they can never truly be replaced, the ones you've lost, dear Gormley and Galabras. You have now a couple of dwarves in your party and a oracle who I understand would like to stay here and keep vigil over Galabras. The council has talked and we are more than happy with that if she is someone that you trust. His home is ready. She may watch over him and we know one day either you or we will find someone that can bring him back. Aye, that we will. But with just three of you and two dwarves, we need to give you more somehow if you are planning on doing this. So, I ask you, is it your design to go to the Mindspin Mountains to find this hidden valley, do reconnaissance, and find some way to stop this threat? Baron, what say you? I look directly at Halgren, I say, I'm going. But I need to go with authority. I've been a man without a country for too long. I'm asking for you to deputize me. I want to be the sheriff of True Now. <laughs> <laughs> she looks to Chagrin. Chagrin looks at you and says, It shall be done. Nice. And he nods. I will bring True Now's justice out into the world and see it done. There was a time when we had sheriffs in this area. And now we have a new one. Hmm. You could say there's a new sheriff in town. (laughs) 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 And young girl, uh, we hear 
uh, if the stories that have been told are correct, that you possess great powers. Are you willing to travel with our sheriff here into the into the wilderness? I'm new to this plane, but I'd hate to see it go. I'm with them, and for Galabras. I'm going to track down who's done this to him. They all sort of whisper under their breath, for Galabras, for Galabras, for Galabras. <laughs> um, and, and you, Lork? I... I wasn't much good, to be honest with you. Especially in that last fight, if it wasn't for Galabras, I... And Della, and Baron... Wouldn't have done much good. I, I think that... That maybe I don't belong with them. I, I don't know. Besides, it's Dragrin who, who has to tell me what to do here. Dragrin says, your place is with your friends. You are a lieutenant, and they are your charge. If the threat is anything like what we've already faced, and it sounds like it's going to be greater, I'm telling you, you're going to need more than just us. Halgrim. I'll do a reconnaissance for you, but we'll, we already lost some of our number, and we're going to lose more. Giants are terrifying creatures. And while I, while I know how to hunt them, I'm not quite versed yet in standing toe-to-toe to fight with them. Halgra looks at Jagrin and nods. And Jagrin says, We have an option for you. We have someone in our possession who we believe if under the right guidance and supervision can be helpful to you. Who is this person? Possession? Is it a high-level cleric? <laughs> he looks at uh, Halgra and she says, uh, Yes, um, Sheriff and uh, Sa- Lieutenant, y- you may go with Jagrin. Uh, Della, if you don't mind uh, waiting here, this is a uh, police matter. Della looks to Lork. Stay back. She stays. Keep an eye on Barry. I'll leave Barry with Della. So. Oh my god, I can't handle animal! Ah! <laughs> Don't push him. <laughs> Jagrin, uh... Barry, stay. Motions you back out the hall. Roll handle animal. And you go, uh... Downstairs. Another set of stairs. Another set of stairs. And, uh... He's just, uh, He's telling you, he's like, This is a bit unorthodox. But if everything we've heard is true, you're going to need someone with a certain set of skills to take on this growing threat. Liam Neeson? You're going to need Liam Neeson. (laughs) (laughs) But since we don't have him... We couldn't get him. We have a prisoner who... We are planning on executing. Ah. Joe the player knows where this is going. But we think, under the guidance of good people, he can be 
of use to you. He starts walking, and you hear in the distance, like, cup being dragged across bars. And you hear, like, singing. Bitsy, bitsy spider went up the water spout. Down came the rain and washed the spider out. Along came the sun and dried up all the rain. And the itsy bitsy spider went up the spout again. Walks in and you see a man. Shaved head. Whoa. In a cell. Human? Human. In a cell. And he says, This is Nestor. Lester? Nestor. Nestor. He is a murderer. What does he look like? So, I haven't cast him yet. I'm going to take uh, uh, listener suggestions. But he's, he's about... Uh, five foot eight and he's lying on this bed he's lying on the cot and he's uh, got a coin and he's doing that thing where he like flips it from finger to finger sort of entertaining himself as he sings and he looks over when you approach a cell and you see he's got this big smiles big and you see his front teeth are gone what? He says, oh, hey, Captain, I wasn't expecting visitors. What have I done to attract such a motley collection? These are my men. This is Lieutenant Lork Iron Tusk and Sheriff Baron Redheart. They are under the charge of Trunau as guardians. If they will take you, you will be under their charge. Oh, if they'll take me? Well, well, well. And I like stand up and walk over to the towards the bars and you guys see like he's looking at you and it feels like it's like a like a crocodile like looking at you. It's something like like a lizard looking looking right at you and he's studying you. And he says, Well, I've got a dwarf, a sheriff, eh? I'll tell you, I've got a little bit of a uh, complicated history with law enforcement. <laughs> <laughs> and a half orc, he's a big one, yeah? <laughs> so if you'll have me, I'll get to go, eh? Hootie murder. He turns to Jagrin. Jagrin looks at Nestor. Oh, it was just a big misunderstanding, honestly. I was at the killing ground uh, a couple of nights ago. And I'm having a wonderful time, and I'm doing a bit, a bit of dice. And turns out, the fella I was playing with, he's one of the guard, I didn't know it. His dice are loaded. He's cheating, and no wonder he's winning. And my dice are loaded as well, but he didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he thought, he said, well, what are you going to do, mate? He said, well, what can I do? I sprung my, uh, my dagger, I cut his throat. He left me no choice, right? So, next thing I know, there's 15 people piled up on me. And you see he's got, like, a black eye still. Uh, and, it's, uh, and I end up in here. It's not fair. It's not fair at all. Hmm. Where'd you come from? 
oh, I've been all over. I mean, if you're saying, uh, well, where's I from originally? Well, that would be Riddleport. Oh. Yeah, I grew up there. You know, I said, That's a I, rough city. It, yeah, well, it can be, mate. It can be very <laughs> rough. Yeah. <laughs> you're not lying. Have you been there? I've, I've not, but I knew a few men that grew up there. Yeah, it's, it's a rough life, mate. I should... I'm sorry, my manners have gone to hell in this uh, backwater burg. <laughs> Permit me to introduce myself formally. My name is Nesta Coyne. Coyne by name, Coyne by nature, as my old dad used to say. <laughs> and to be honest, I think I would be a great boon to your uh, little group here. You've got skill with a blade. Oh, yeah. What do you use there? Well, I got, say, well, they took it, right? After I used uh, one, uh, I got a backup called Betsy in my wrist sheath. That's gone. They took, I've got a, uh, a lovely bow uh, that's I've, I've had for many, many years now. Call it a Jolter. They took that too. I like that back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and he'll look over at Baron. Baron looks into Nestor's eyes and says, I can tell you've killed before this man too, haven't you? Well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. Well. I mean, mostly in a professional capacity. Very rarely do I kill if there's not money involved. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. (laughs) Um... (laughs) But I have killed in a professional capacity, yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I can tell you that killing's just a means to an end. And as long as we have you killing the right people in our way, I'm fine with you coming along with us. I said almost the exact same thing to this guard captain. <laughs> All right. You were dragging me away. <laughs> All right, but, it's no, uncanny. but know this. We work together. We might do a little gambling, but there's no cheating going on in this crew. We're honest, and we have to trust each other. Now, I know as well as anyone else that we could use somebody with your skills. Because I'll tell you, if you've never killed a giant before, they're not, they don't go down easy. And we need all the help we can get. Oh, I, uh, yeah, I know giants. You do? They, uh, yeah, they, uh, they were the ones that left me with this winning smile. And smiles again, teeth missing. I know a bit about how you feel. Yeah. And he points to his iron tusk. Oh, yeah. Lost one of these to a giant. Listen, mate, this is fate. This is fate. You and I, we are moonstruck, mate. (laughs) I'm telling you, this is meant to be. I've uh, I've heard of uh, thieves and assassins from Riddleport using poisons in the past. Is that something you employ? Or no, is that no, something Troy no, would never no, allow? No, 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 I'm not, no. I'm never, no, I've never been a poisoner. <laughs> no, that's a woman's weapon, as my old dad used to say. <laughs> all right, all right, that's enough out of you. I'll talk it over with the men. And if they're interested, you'll be under their supervision. The other option is death. Right, well, I'd know which one I prefer, but, you know, and I'd like to advocate for the, uh, for the other one. So, but discuss, right. discuss so can we yourselves. walk away? Yeah, yeah. walk away. So we and walk so away and... Go up a couple more flights. Yeah, and Lork just basically He's wants singing to... singing in the distance. So. Yeah, Lork wants to tell Baron, he wants to be like, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm not much for law enforcement. I'm a soldier, and 
You've taken on this role as sheriff. You're going to have to keep an eye on him. You're going to have to keep him in line. I hope we can use him just like a scythe to tear down what stands in our way. And just like any simple tool, I'll send him out to pasture if I have to. Mm. Dragon looks at you and he's like, exactly. (laughs) Use him for what he's worth. If he will help you, I believe he will. In the event that he doesn't, kill him. If we're ranging through the Minespin Mountains into a giant hunter's tomb, we're not going to have to worry about coming across too many innocents. That, that does give me peace of mind. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on him, and as long as we make it worth his while, there's going to be riches in that tomb, and as long as it's valuable for him, he'll, he'll stay by our side. The man's a killer. You need a killer. And let's be honest, we're all killers these days. Aye. If you want him, he's yours. We gotta, we gotta give him a equal split of all the the gold we see to keep him interested, Lork. You know that, right? Yes, and he'll probably want more. But all I care about is your safety and the safety of our allies. If he's not going to kill them and he's going to kill our enemy, I don't care what he's done in the past. We all walk out there knowing at any time, death's grim shadow could fall on any of us. This is just one more angle it could fall from. Yeah, I didn't even think of the aspect of how Lork, this is exactly what Lork, Lork was a killer. Yeah, he knows he grew up with people like this. He's exactly what is Lork. It, the black arrows are yeah. like this? Like, So he's getting a second chance, and that's something Lork can fully understand. Yeah. And Baron has no problem wiping this guy out if he gets out of line, because Baron, Baron's the sheriff. I did kill Screed when That's he ran right. away. That you did one kill time. a prisoner. Yep. Uh, you get back up to the Ivory Hall, and uh, you know they're talking. Della has that been... was awesome, Skip. By the way, that was an <laughs> awesome, awesome character. I'm so excited. I am too. <laughs> I just, by the way, love the idea of having opportunities to kill another MP or another player character. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to the house rule, you might get it. Yeah. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> we know there'll be uh, plenty dice. of role-playing opportunities uh, as well. You get back upstairs and, uh, you know, it, this, it becomes public what, what Jagrin brought them down to, to, to check out. It seems like you guys are going to go forward with it. They're, uh, you know, very clear to like you know, seems like she can handle herself. Just watch him. He doesn't. He's not that kind of bad guy, but he's a bad guy, and he's gonna be. He's gonna serve a purpose. But think of him as a tool. Think of him as a weapon. And he could, if 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 what we a understand, weapon? If, yeah, if what we understand is I'm correct, getting too old for this shit. He could be the best weapon you have. You Lork know? is Danny Glover. Seriously, he's gonna be Mel Gibson to my Danny Glover. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> you talk about the way that he killed the patrol. The way that he killed the patrol guard was like pinpoint precision yeah like perfectly killed this guy with no wasted movement whatsoever and that's why they saw in him an opportunity like maybe we could give him to the group but he um, he seemed to have the attitude towards that guardsman like he was filleting a fish or something you right know, yeah it was like total just... filleting a blowfish like we did it the wrong way it's poisonous mm-hmm. um so you know you i'm i'm getting the sense and halgra's getting the sense and, and silvermane as well that that you guys are for the mission yeah. Yeah, I think so. We all- uh, at least Lork really wants to latch on to that idea of reconnaissance. Lork doesn't think he's going to single-handedly take down Volstice and his giant army the way everything went with uh, Red Lake Fort. But we did get in the fort, and as a small party, that was valuable. 
and going to this giant hunter's tomb, if that's the first plan of action, whatever, it's good. We can start moving. But if we get if we get to something that is too big for us, we need to go back. I uh, also think that I'd like to think of Joe in another movie, kind of like Bruce Willis in Armageddon, and I'm kind of a Ben Affleck type, and we're going to fly straight to the meteor because if we just stay here, it's going to come at us. We're all going to die. <laughs> right. And I get Liv Tyler. And uh, <laughs> she she says, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's uh, some things you want to do in town, um, but at the same time, you'll probably want to make haste. We've uh, looked at the geode and the uh, map that you sent us, and we've given it to our best cartographer, um, he will speak with you tomorrow to give you a better sense of where to go. Uh, isn't that right? You got it! Come see me tomorrow and I'll show you the way to go. Awesome. I'm a cartographer now. <laughs> <laughs> Want to buy some maps? So, a low price of two. Dell leans over Baron's like, four to go. What does he do? <laughs> um, <laughs> he's, a, he's a jack of all trades, uh, so I, to speak. I say, um, you know how, Jagrin, thank you for securing us passage with Rag on the Chelish Devil in the past. We're going to need travel again, and I've been thinking, what's a sheriff without a horse? We can supply horses for you. I understand you have one already, Yes. but uh, horses will be supplied for all of you. Uh, they won't be of the best stock. We just don't have that at, our, uh, at, at hand, but we will give you horses. Um, they will come in handy, I'm sure, deeper into the mind spins. Um, but it's been a long day. There's a lot to think about. Uh, Jagrin says, we'll, uh, we'll release him to your custody when you're ready to leave. Might be good for him to sit down there another day or so. Uh, when you're ready yeah, to Let leave, him sleep it off. Let, let him know that his life hangs in the balance. It'll make it more precious for him. Uh, he kind of talks like Rag for some reason. Um, <laughs> uh, take your time, and when you're ready to see Tom, he'll... Uh, He'll help you on your way. We'll outfit you with horses, as Halgra said. And uh, good luck. Thank you. And uh, it disbands. You leave and you go back. And, you know, uh, Ingrahild and Umlo just want to go boozing again. But they're ready for the fight. You know that they're going to be with you at least till you find Nargrim Steelhand's tomb if it even exists. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've pledged their axes to you until then. Della is probably still wanting to explore the city, figure everything out. Well, but I think she also just wants to stick with Galabras. You know, she's... Okay, so maybe you're spending some time at Galabras's house and yeah. just kind of taking it all in. She may, She's decorating it with little butterflies and, nice. and filling it with books that she thinks he will, he'll like when he has intelligence again. <laughs> Baron, you're probably crafting bullets checking things out walking around town with a big star on your chest I'm like hey none of that I'm like <laughs> hey hey pulls his gun out don't I, I'm like <laughs> puts it to the head of a teenager yeah <laughs> what I do don't, uh, don't leave town there's a crosswalk over there I'm like I'm like Danny McBride and eastbound and down yeah, right. right when he gets pulled back up to the major leagues right. but I'm also I have an eye out for Kesson because if you remember during that first council meeting I shouted at him i really like told him damn it if you have anything bad to say about her so i kind of want to you probably wanna i want to shame his... him i want to use my new stance as like moral arbiter as like you killed that woman just as much as anyone else so maybe tomorrow pay pay old kesson a visit yeah see what's going on uh galabras lost in his feeble mind nestor coin just 
sitting there thinking about the potential of his freedom and maybe other dastardly things. And Lork just, you know, you're ready for well, another mission. Well, I'm imagining the, um, what I said last time about him with the sword and with Galabras, but he's now, he's alone in his house and he's just sitting there like looking at the sword Want, like he's just thinking that like more people are gonna die. He's, looking at Ascrot's armor. Yeah, yeah. Looking at the armor, he doesn't even know how to wear it. He doesn't even know how to shoot with it on. He doesn't even know how he's gonna carry it. And he's just like, you know, he's, um, I don't know, kind of, like kind of depressed. He's not like uh, excited to go fight the threat like he was when he left before. Like I'll hunt some giants. Uh, the reality of the war against them is affecting him, and he's trying to like focus and think about what to do next. And I'm sure that's been painfully clear to the group. There's been a distance there. You know, Della's still very excited. You've, even though you had all that sadness, now it's still like, oh, what? There's a city. There's people that live here. All sorts of people. Yeah, um, she, I, like when she's not with Glabers, I do picture her like going out and like stopping and talking to random strangers. So the next day, you guys have a plan to meet up to kind of, uh, you're going to take care of some business, you're going to plot things out, and you want to go talk to Tom Exposition, the master cartographer and car salesman. He'll probably be the one outfitting you with horses as well. <laughs> He's uh, got to be a bard with all those skills. And uh, let's say you made a point to say we're going to meet at, meet outside the, you know, that area where they were stringing up Brynja when you stopped that. That was one of the uh, the beacons you meet there. Um, so Della shows up, Baron shows up, Ingrahild and Umlo show up. Uh, no Lork. You wait. It's like ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. No Lork. What do Baron and Della do? He's normally very punctual. I think uh, we could go to his house and find him. I think we better go. Uh, you didn't make your bed this morning anyway, so you got to go back and do that. <laughs> you don't tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys all stayed at his You're house. Not my dad. I am You're the law. Not my dad. You guys all stayed at his house last night like you did the night before. You woke up and did your thing. His bedroom door was closed. Think too much of it. Uh, maybe you overslept. Do so you want to go back to his house? Let's, yeah, 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 let's go. That, that makes sense. Um, you go back to the house. Baron, is, you're, just, you're still seeing visions of the, the fight right in front of the house. The fight with the, mm. uh, when the, where the orcs killed your son, and then you went down that alley right behind the house where the, uh, the fake apprentice was there. Right. Um, you walk in, and you don't hear anything. And Lork's door is closed to his bedroom. Uh, perception check? Sure. Finally, some dice rolling. <laughs> 27. Natural one. <laughs> it is Lark's house, after all. No, 26. I'm sorry. Um, nothing on the other side of the door. Uh, Della, you hear a parade in the distance. <laughs> she draws her scimitar and lights on fire. <laughs> so I reach to the doorknob and turn it. You open the door, and Lark's bedroom is empty. What? The bed, perfectly made everything lined up in order pretty empty with the exception of Uskroth's armor and a note uh, I'll read it 
even though we had that amazing movie moment earlier. Dramatic reading. I don't normally hold with the schemes of fortune tellers, but I know that Droja is right about me. This curse is real, and until I find another way to rid myself of it, I won't watch more of you die at my side. I must find my own path to this cure. Jagrin, know that what I do, I don't do out of fear, but to save the lives of your men and my allies. If Gorum should will it, I will return. Forgive me. Lork. Lork is gone. And we'll see you next week. Oh, what? Oh, oh my god! What is happening? What the fuck is happening? Look at this kid's face. Oh, man. Oh.